The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Bandsets as its presenting sponsor. Bandsets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Keep listening for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Captain Freeman's on trial. Bozeman is an amusement park. And Lower Decks is back with a bang. It's time for an amazing season three premiere of Star Trek Lower Decks. So jump in the turbo lift, hit that down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Episode 1, Grounded, gave us an amazing Season 3 premiere, which had all kinds of great Easter eggs, a wrap-up to a season-ending cliffhanger, and an unexpected return of a very familiar voice. Lots to talk about, and we want to get right into it, so let me introduce you to my esteemed crew. Rank doesn't mean a damn thing here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks. We're all considered the lowest of the Lower Decks here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Welcome back, Sarah and Casey. Bill is suffering from some ill effects of Vegas con crud. He doesn't have COVID, thankfully, but he is under the weather, so he should be back next time. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, It's been a long time since we've all gotten together to talk Lower Decks. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Before we start the conversation, I wanted to say how great it was to see you both in Vegas recently. Um, This was actually our first time meeting Sarah face-to-face. That was pretty awesome. And I've seen Casey's face enough. It was still good to see him. So, Sarah, it's great to have you back and uh, looking forward to a fun season. Absolutely. It's great to be here. It's always good to see you. And Casey, all joking aside, it was great to see you finally. It's been a long time with COVID and everything. So. Yeah, getting the gang all together was pretty awesome out there in the in the desert. It it was. We did it. It was. I loved I yeah. loved seeing you guys and being around each other and there was not nearly enough time and I just want us all to have hours upon hours to to chat about everything. But it's great to be back. Can't wait for another season of Lower Decks going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait to start the discussion, but before we do start talking about this week's episode of Lower Decks, Casey, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give them their thoughts on Grounded. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Well, Danielson. So listeners, we definitely want to hear from you and what you thought about the season premiere of Lower Decks Season 3. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS and Android device. Download it, tap the more button for a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Head to trekgeeks.com app to get all the details. Plus, you can also join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer. And it is the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It's really easy to join. Just head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kinemer, answer a few questions, give us your SATs, blood sample, <laughs> and firstborn child. And we'll get to you right away. You'll be part of the fun and positive discussion. Like Dan, it's just that simple. Thank you. And a big thank you to our wonderful admins, Haley, 
Jackie, and even Fark for the amazing job they all do running the camp. And please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Dan? Black alert. Black alert. All right, folks, before we start our discussion, we want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks does contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched the season premiere of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now. Head on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for Grounded. All right, guys. So great first season episode, uh, uh, premiere episode of season three. I uh, had some great things in it. I loved the episode. Like to hear what you guys thought, and then we'll get into some details about what you loved or what you didn't love uh, about the episode, Sarah. For just a high level, if you just want a couple of little comments, hmm. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was a throwback to one of my favorite Star Trek movies. Um, Nemesis, just kidding. Obviously, <laughs> wow. <it> was first <laughs> contact. <laughs> no, it was it was good, and it was silly in the sense that you know everything's fine. Just like when Shax went dead and then just kind of came back. You don't need detail every time. It was great. What about you, Casey? What do you think about it? I, I enjoyed it. Season premiere coming up, and uh, it was actually pretty much everything I, I was hoping for. And once again, continued to give us good good storytelling with humor. That's what Lower Decks does best, actually, when you think about it. The humor that they put in and the Star Trek humor is great. I thought it was a fantastic premiere. I loved all the Easter eggs. I loved all the callbacks. Um, it's what makes Lower Decks that much more enjoyable for me. I know I've talked about from time to time about you don't want to do it too much because then it's just fan service. But Lower Decks, the writers and Mike McMahon, they kind of know where that where that line is and they never seem to cross it. Um, so I really liked it. And I got to say right off the bat, I think one of the things that I liked the most about this week was the surprise voice work by James Cromwell reenacting mm-hmm. Zephyr Cochran. That was completely unexpected. They kept that really secret. I, mm-hmm. I even his even his classic "Let's rock and roll" line was there, and it, it just gave me all the feels. I thought it was absolutely Ugh, awesome. love it. Yeah, and then throw the music in with yeah. it. It's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. And Casey, I thought you know while we're talking about. Well, we're talking about Cromwell and, and Zephyr Cochran. The whole idea of Bozeman and that callback to First Contact really made the episode special. Mm-hmm. It was it was one thing when they talk about they're going to Bozeman and they're going to go to uh, this amusement park. But then when they show it, they start playing the music from First Contact. And I really thought that that really upped the game and made it even more special. It did. It, you know, they're doing a nice little cultural reference here where it's like, hey, I, I say it's Six Flags Bozeman. You know, it's where some great cultural event or something happens somewhere and how commercialized things become. And it's exactly what happens there. But the producers here are all very smart and where they pull in, the like you're saying, a little bit of music here, a voice actor there. All this type of stuff that just keeps adding depth to mm-hmm. something where so in your mind, you're recalling back to when you saw that other movie, the experiences that you had with that and seeing live action people on screen. And I think I think it's such a really smart little psychological trick mm-hmm. that they pull. And mm-hmm. and it was, it was fantastic. I was just like, look at it like, oh, yeah, you know. 
balloon starships, the stuff for sale. Hey, you can eat here. You can eat the churros, the giant size, five (laughs) foot long churros. I was like, nice, nice job. Really good job writing this whole episode. Having the, the, um, the jukebox, uh, reference was great. (laughs) Having the first contact Vulcan ship is now basically a kitty slide. I thought it was a a great tongue in cheek (laughs) moment. It just, it just all seemed to fit. And even the little things like, uh, Tendi was wearing Zephram Cochran's hat when they got to the amusement park, just these little details. The Easter eggs was Mm -hmm. another thing that I wanted to talk about what I liked. I kind of got ahead of myself by going right into the Bozeman scenes, but we got to remember that captain Freeman was on trial based on the cliffhanger from how last season ended. Um, So they decide, of course, uh, Mariner can't just sit and do nothing because that's just her nature. So she decides that they're going to go to the Cerritos and and get the uh, logs of Boimler so that they can they can help uh, set her free. And they do it by going to Bozeman and stealing the Phoenix, which I thought was another great idea. So you get a ride total Disney right in there when they're in Mm -hmm. line. And then you see Zephram Cochran come on screen when we first hear his voice talking about how they need to get rid of all food and drink before they enter the ride. I thought it was just great. But the Easter eggs prior to getting to Bozeman really made me feel good because there were a lot of Deep Space Nine references. Of course, who does not love going to Cisco's restaurant to have dinner and putting a little Mm. Ketracel white hot sauce on your food? (laughs) Uh, I just I just love stuff like that. And Sarah, I know that there were some things that you really liked about what was going on with this episode with regards to Easter eggs, too. Yes. And thanks to Internet Movie Database, I was able to get the full details of what was scrolling in the background of the news release oh, okay. when they're having those scenes yes. because they mentioned in the broadcast in the bo- in the broadcast, there's the scrolls, and one was a little boy solved Fermat's last theorem, which was from the Royale on TNG. Just talked about that. And I think also Dax referenced it too. Yep. And then there was a comment about Admiral Jellico bans Zebulon sisters from active duty starships. So obviously Jellico, one of my favorite guest characters and then this one was the one i didn't see it on the screen and then i read it i was so excited country stampede dozen teens injured rushing stage at sunny clemens concert (laughs) sunny clemens if you don't remember was the 20th century country western singer who was cryogenically frozen and revived in the 24th century when the space capsule he and others were stored in was found on by the enterprise d in the neutral zone (laughs) i mean that's just so deep this is what i love about it it's not fan service because it's not taking away from plot it's not ruining any scene Mm -hmm. it's just there that if you see it it's like oh it's such a good find very deep cut and so no choose very. No more choo-choo dances on starships is what I'm hearing with that whole Zebulon oh song. Gosh. That'll oh. change. That. There'll okay. be a riot. Casey's mm-hmm. going to change that right mm-hmm. up. Casey, what about you? Did you have any Easter eggs that really stood out for you? I loved Jake Sisko's sweater. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know, you look at it and you go, is that my grandma's sofa drapes? No, it's it's one of Jake's sweaters. And all, all of that, and like Sarah was just saying, it, everything that just it adds dimension to everything instead of taking away. So when you watch these episodes second, third, fourth time, there's something else that you're gonna get right. that just comes through. Um, and you know, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm gonna be a, a homer now, but I love seeing San Francisco in Trek anytime possible because <laughs> I see the city and it is the capital T city capital C, and I go, I'm home. Yeah. So literally no matter where I am and I see that and I just that nostalgia just smacks me in the face like a frying pan. And I and I love that, you know, Mariner's like, why do we have a bridge anymore? Yes. No one drives. <laughs> and it was like, because people like the bridge. Yep. And I go, 
Okay, there's there's your answer for it being saved forever. And that I thought was that was I thought that was great because there have been many scenes that we've seen San Francisco in movies and in the different shows. And the bridge is like it it doesn't even have traffic on it anymore. It's like a cargo containers or something on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why is the bridge still there? And I love that they purposely put that in where she's saying, why do they even have the bridge anymore? I really mm-hmm. like, and of course, her her sarcasm and wit is is on a level like nobody else's. So I thought it was really good that they threw that in there. And on the same note as Mariner, I'm glad that we got to see her spending a little bit of time with her dad for a change. Cause we haven't, yes. we haven't seen that yet. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, we're, we're getting a mm-hmm. full family dynamic in mm-hmm. the show, which yeah. really we've never, never had happens. before. That's right. Never. And we also so, got some, uh, in addition to the things with the San Francisco bridge, I did like that. There was a little bit of, um, the stealing of the enterprise at, uh, part when they're, when they're taking mm-hmm. the Cerritos, when it's going right by the security team. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I was a little, I thought they really could have done a little bit more Sarah with the end with that one person who was on the Phoenix with them and then just kind of took over the <laughs> ship and went off. And then you're like, okay, this is going to be, he's going to become like another Khan Noonien Singh. But at the end of the episode, he's taken into custody by Starfleet security. I thought that that could have been something that we could have seen later on in the season. Maybe that's just maybe me. it'll come back later. I don't know. We didn't we didn't fully see him be in custody. They're dragging him oh, away. Oh, that's true. But yeah. mm-hmm. it was it was it was fun to see yeah. him trying to drive the Phoenix uh, away after they <laughs> they got onto the Cerritos. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really liked the most, it was very subtle, but at the same time it was kind of in your face. And that's we got to see Captain Morgan Bateson again. One of my favorite episodes <laughs> yes. of TNG is Cause and Effect. Yeah. I've always loved that. And I've always loved the fact that Kelsey Grammer had one little tiny scene in Star Trek and he is still around in uh, Lower Decks. Um, we didn't get to hear him, but we got to see him. Looks like Kelsey mm-hmm. Grammer. We also got to see, but not hear Tuvok doing a pretty intense mind meld. Yeah. Um, so they're right off the bat with season three, they're starting to throw things at us that we know we're going to mm-hmm. love, and we know we're just going to want more. The same thing happened last year when they brought Tom Paris onto the Cerritos. And I think they're going to do uh, more of that this year at a higher level, but in a way that's going to work. I mean, we all saw the, the mm-hmm. coming attractions with the Deep Space Nine, with, with the station that they're circling around. So we can only imagine mm-hmm. what the entire season is going to bring. But I know, I, I think, Sarah, from seeing some of your notes, I think you were pretty excited to see Morgan Bateson as well. Yeah, that was a great, yeah. like, just moment. It, uh, I want to watch Cause and Effect now. I also think we need to talk about uh, Boimler. He's a bit chick magnet on the Raisin Ranch. Chick magnet. Something Casey's not did you aware notice? of. Raisin God. <laughs> He's a raisin God. Raisins. Raisins. That is so funny. Isn't it perfect? And it is. It's so perfect. And one of the girls, Genevieve or whatever, that was like flirting with him, or she was dressed up like the sun-made raisin girl from the mm-hmm. boxes. Like, just so clever. It was great. I want to know what that whole, like, uh, that was... Yeah, I love I love the whole <laughs> idea of, of, of it looking like Picard and all good things, and that he was also wearing, like, Boothby's like suspenders uh, <laughs> along with yeah. along with the hat that Picard wears. I, 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 I thought it was great. There was nothing in this episode that I was not smiling about or saying, eh, well, actually there was one. So I'll wait until we're done talking about all the good things before I bring that up. 
Oh. <laughs> yes. Do it now. Do it now. Right. The suspense is hanging. Oh, I'm wait. ready. Let's do it. You got nothing else, Casey, positive to talk about? I don't want to bring I, it down around I, before I start I, it. Before you go into your <laughs> negative diatribe. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, I thought all of this was really well done. And, and part is I will react to what you're going to say in a moment. So I don't want to just... Okay crush you on that so i thought i think you should talk about what you you thought now i don't think it's a downer but it is something that i was like oh really everybody was excited last season when the season two ended on a cliffhanger captain freeman is taken away in handcuffs she's put under arrest for the destruction of packlet planet and we're all like what the hell is up next with her and it wrapped up so fast and it wrapped up off camera they did show flashbacks of what was going on and how they were able to get it with, you know, with the parts with Morgan Bateson and, and stuff like that. It was kind of a downer for me that it wasn't more of a buildup and a big, you know, giant moment of how she gets, you know, freed and, and she's not innocent. I would have liked to have a little bit more, I think, of that aspect because it was made such a huge part for the end of season two. I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. Uh, Casey, what do you think? You're shrugging your shoulders at me. Um. I liked how they did it because this is the story of the lower decks, not the bridge crew. Okay, I can appreciate that. And so on this, what we got to see once again is even though Mariner consistently is like berating Starfleet for for what it isn't and stuff, we see, and like you're saying, off screen, but we see that, no, Starfleet was actually doing things and, and looking after one of its own. And there were things happening there. So it's not just this inept organization it's an organization with flaws and faults that need to be worked on but that it is really what because what people are going oh how can how could these people be in starfleet they're supposed to be the best of the best and all that stuff it's like you know you you get your varying levels of competency um and i liked that they stayed in this with mariner to what I saw is some growth for her in this episode of where she's like, I have to do something. This is my mom. It's your guy's captain, but this is my mom. And I feel scared and frightened and I can't do anything. So I'm going to do something, even if the something is stupid as hell. That brings up a point that I want to get to, but I want to see, Sarah, if you agree with me or Casey, or are you somewhere in the middle of how of how they wrapped up the Captain Freeman stuff? Um, at first, I was going to be 100% on your side, uh, Dan, but then, Casey, you make such a good point about the show is about the Lower Decks. That's true. It's not about the main crew, and that is such a good point because I get wrapped up and I want more stories about the captain. I want more stories about the, you know, all of the, all the senior officers and that's not what this show is. So maybe Mike McMahon and the crew have to redo season one, two, three from their perspective as well. So we can have both sides of the story and mm. make it really, but upper um, decks. Yeah, yeah, no upper yeah. decks. Yeah. Let's do it. it. it, it it's <laughs> interesting. I, I agree with what you just said, Sarah Casey, you pointed out something very important. This is a show about lower decks. One of the things that you said though, made me stop and pause for a second. I agree that it was good to see Mariner finally admit that she felt she needs to do something to help her mom. The concern I have is what we've seen with Mariner all through the first two seasons. And now with season three to start, how often is she going to break Starfleet regulations and never pay a price for it? 
if if mm. we're talking, even though it's a comedy mm-hmm. show and it's animated, yeah. she is constantly going against the captain's orders. She's doing what she wants. She's not following mm-hmm. procedure. She stole a starship in this episode um, and got her friends who they could all have been court-martialed when you think about it. I'm going to, I'm kind of wondering, even though we're seeing some growth from her, when are we going to see the growth that's going to make her more Starfleet-ish? Because right now she's kind of still that rebel. Yep. It's funny you say that because it makes me think of all the other misfits that have been throughout the series. Barkley, mm-hmm. uh, Jet Reno, um, even when they did that one Star Trek short with the trouble with Edward yep. and people mm-hmm. were like, that person, like, these people should never be in Starfleet. And here we have a whole series based off of a character that in a way, from yeah. a lot of people's opinions, they shouldn't still be in Starfleet. And so I don't know what to think about about that and how to take it the next step. This is something that I've thought about, Casey, and want to get your your take on it. What do you think, where do you think she would be if she didn't have a captain for a mother and an admiral for a father? Oh, well, she's definitely, definitely not in Star, she's not in Starfleet. I, I think she's captaining in her own vessel of some kind. Garbage scout. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know about garbage. I, I see her as doing things where she would go in and kind of do the same type of stuff of I, I see a wrong being happening here. And so I'm, I'm going to just skirt just on the outside of legality stuff to help them. And then I get the hell out. That's a very good point. Everything she does is for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I just think a lot of times she makes the wrong choices to get to those right reasons. I don't know if I'm overanalyzing it. It's supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be fun. But when we're talking about stuff here on on the show, we like to delve into these deep things. So if I'm getting too deep, you just tell me. Because I'm usually way deep in it. I I think it's just a sign that we really enjoy the show and we just mm-hmm. want more. It's fantastic. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? There's just there's great writing, there's great storytelling, there's great characters. So I want more character depth. Like it's it's a 30-minute show, and that's yeah. new for the world of Star Trek as well. True. And so you notice that difference. Yeah, yeah and, that's true. And this being animated, I mean, we could go 10 seasons plus with this oh, yeah. type of a thing. Yep. And so that's how long has Simpsons been on? Right. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Never seen a single episode. Can you believe that? Uh, I believe it. (laughs) But think about it because then I go, okay, this is just the third season. Say they have some thoughts for, hey, let's try and go for 10, you know, because it's only what, 10 episodes roughly per year. Okay. So then there may be growth that is a little slower coming on certain Mm -hmm. things. Um, And I, I get where, and I can understand to a point where people are saying, oh, you know, it's the same thing. But I go at a certain point, like how often and how easily do human beings actually change? It takes concerted effort and a period of time. And so I think there's these little incremental things that we're seeing that yep. will build. And, and, you know, hopefully that opens up a whole nother aspect of the show. I like it. And because it's animated, you can get people to come back and do voice work that maybe they're too old. They're just kind of not involved as much anymore. Like we saw with James Cromwell. I thought that was just fantastic. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Their love of Trek can be seen in every single Star Trek pin they produce. And with over 400 pins to select from and new pins being added every single month, you are sure to find whatever you're looking for to add to your collection. Whether it's one of the amazing Deltas from your favorite Trek series, a beloved character, or maybe even a special edition collector set, you know that Fansets pins are made with the finest quality 
and come with the best customer service in the industry. So head on over to fansets.com today. Check out all of their amazing pins from all the different genres they represent. Start by adding a bunch of pins, accessories, or even gift cards to your shopping cart. And at checkout, enter discount code word DISCOVERINGTREK for an amazing 10% off your entire order. That's DISCOVERINGTREK in all capital letters with no spaces for 10% off your fansets.com purchase. And don't forget, if you're in the United States and spend more than $30, you're also going to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Um, I guess, I guess, guys, we can say that it's been a fantastic start to season three of Lower Decks. I can't wait to see what's in store for the crew. Uh, so, Casey, uh, in episode two, what can we look forward to, my friend? Oh, my gosh. Well, Dan, next week, while on a tropical paradise planet, Mariner questions Commander Ransom on how he structures his away team. While Boimler makes a bold career decision, it's Lower Decks Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. And don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. Absolutely. Right now, we want to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so grateful for their support. Thank you, Mike Bovia, Steve Bovia. Chris Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Holloran, Casey Pettit, Jamie Rogers, Major Self, Terry Scholl, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trevuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Trek Geeks is... Jude Tatman. Jude Tatman, babies. Woo! If you'd like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, come on, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at merely two bucks a month. For even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out other pod other member podcasts on the network, including Rewind, Politrex, Five Year Mission, Deep Space Pride. Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, The Sci-Fi Sisters, and With the First Link. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one. I said no one. No one. Trek like we do. <laughs> no one, I say. Uh, you say. Well, everyone, uh, we are just so excited for what Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3 has in store for us, and we look forward to talking with you about it each and every week. As always, a very special thank you to my amazing co-hosts of the show, Sarah and Casey. Can't wait to see Bill back here very soon. I can't do it without you guys, and I thank you for all you do. Hopefully, the four of us will be back next week to discuss Season 3, Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game. So until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. 
For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.